Welcome back to the Forgotten Heroes podcast. Memorial Day offers a vast host of heroes, remembered and forgotten, but we have decided to focus on the furriest and friendliest of forgotten military heroes. Mark brings you the tale of Sergeant Stubby, a brave little Boston terrier who served in World War I, and I'll tell you all about the purported king of all cats, the hypnotist cat Puffy, who reigned during World War II. So take your dog for a walk, or... Do nothing while the cat sleeps on your face and destroys your furniture. This is the Forgotten Heroes of Pets. There are a lot of famous animal heroes and heroines, wouldn't you say? Secretariat. Yep. Uh, the fish from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know many animals. That's pretty good. That's a good start. Oh, that lion that everyone was obsessed with a couple of years ago? Chimbuck the lion? Remember? No, no. You're thinking of the gorilla. What? Harambi. 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 Animal yeah, heroes and heroines, wouldn't lion. you say? I don't want to do a hot take on Harambi. But um, Mitt Romney. So let's talk about... <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about dogs in war. Wartime dogs. Uh, I feel a Disney movie coming on. Yeah. I don't know if you knew this, but that was, uh, yeah, dogs in the battlefield. That was a very sort of shockingly common thing. Yeah. Or, I mean, read some Shakespeare. Yeah. Right. So the dog sometimes would be able to, as war got more sophisticated, the dog could like smell certain things potentially and alert the soldiers they could hear certain things that humans couldn't hear. And then sometimes they just come to comfort the wounded. Mm. The most famous American war dog has to be Stubby. So Stubby was, so America in World War One. this is World War One, so about 100 years ago, folks. Um <laughs> The um, so many of the countries involved in World War One had, you know, canine fleets, but America really didn't. Um, like the Germans had thousands of they they were domestic they were you know specifically breeding dogs to be on the battlefield German shepherds etc. Um, but yeah, America really didn't. There was this Boston Terrier who was walking around New Haven, Connecticut, which is my dad's hometown. A lot of my family still live there. Pepe's um, Pizza. Great pizza, Pepe's Pizza. So perhaps he had just left Pepe's and he wandered onto a naval, or he wandered onto a base uh, at Yale where soldiers were getting in shape before they shipped out. And there was a guy named Robert Conroy who was really, grew very enamored of this terrier. And as the story goes, he smuggled the terrier in a large overcoat <laughs> on the, for the trip overseas. Wow. Because he really loved him. And then, this is also how the story goes. I really doubt it happened this way, but this is how it goes. They got there, and then his commanding officer was like, you can't have a, you can't have a dog in the, in the military. There's no dogs in baseball. Exactly. And then apparently the dog, Stubby, popped out from the coat and saluted the commanding officer, and that just melted his heart, and he had to let him stay. And become the mascot. Uh -huh. It really does sound like a Disney movie at this point. 
Yeah. But, you know, this is what this is what it is. It is what it is. I love you. Yeah. Stubby was now don't get upset. Stubby was wounded a couple times. That's not that why they how he ended Stubby? up being called, being called Stubby. Don't worry. It's not like he earned he, his nickname. Yeah. I think he was called Stubby because he was a Boston Terrier and he was really kind of small. He didn't lose really a lot of appendages or anything. So don't worry, folks, if you're a dog. If, so it wasn't like Stubby got his gun. Yeah, it's not that. It's not like that. He just a lot of things happened. He was in the shit. He got exposed to mustard gas. Then after that, he got fitted with a gas mask. So a lot of pictures of him after that is, is very odd pictures of this dog with like a le- they put like a leather coat around him, and because he, he had medals of and stuff. And then he um he would wear this gas mask that didn't mm. fully cover his face. Like people said that it really wouldn't have protected him that much, but it was like. I don't know. It made them feel like he was going to be okay. Yeah. Um, he supposedly uh, caught a German spy. He supposedly was able to figure out this person who was am- walking among the ranks of Americans and was able to f- spot him as a spy. And he bit his bottom and ripped that his sounds pants. Legit. Yeah. So I mean, Stubby's pretty cool. Stubby got <laughs> shit done. The Americans didn't have a canine fleet, as I said. The French offered to lend them dogs, but then when the dogs came, they didn't respond to English. So the French dogs were no good. Um, yeah. Only stubby. I now, think that was true in general of the French in World War One. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, now, stubby... Another problem was they only knew the orders for sit, lay down, and roll over. Oh. Oh, shit. I feel like this has become an Alex Jones uh, <laughs> podcast. After the war, Stubby survived, folks. Stubby survived, so it's okay. He went and he shook hands with President Wilson. I don't know how that worked, but he shook his hand, apparently. With um, his paw, Mark. With his paw. He, uh, he made many appearances in parades. For his appearances, he got large sums of money, and the amount of money he got for uh, two appearances was, according to what I read... Uh, it was twice the salary, the average American human's salary. Well, sounds about right. So Stubby was earning way more than most humans. Now, Stubby um, was Stubby. widely celebrated, got massive amounts of fan letters, which, of course, he didn't read, but he saw, I'm sure he wrote back and put a little paw mark or whatever. Um, but um, there were a couple grumpy Gusses who had some unpopular opinions. It was not cool to say mean things about Stubby. But there was, a, there was an editorial written by a, a, a soldier who got injured in the war, and he said something that I thought was like pretty valid, which was like, um, this dog is getting pictures with the president, he's getting medals on medals, a gi- commanding a giant salary for appearances, where young men, uh, young men and boys lost limbs and their lives on the battlefields, he says, why not, he said, and he was so upset, he was like, if d- this dog was so great, the next war, why don't you just send a bunch of dogs and see how that, see how far that gets you. So he was pretty, a, yeah, I mean, he makes a good point. He was pretty upset about that. It's almost like the system was unfair. It's almost as if America preferred a smiling terrier 
to the real to addressing the real horrors of the war that they had engaged. Thank God we've solved all those problems today. Um, all right, so my forgotten hero is going to be Puffy. No, not Sean P. P- Diddy Holmes. <laughs> yeah, because it's a. This is a segment on animals, so it's clearly not going to be the rapper Sean Combs. Right. Um. No, it's Puffy the Persian cat. Now, mm. back in the day, Iran and some of those areas were called Persia. We have some things left from that. And in 1944, uh, this guy, Arthur Newman, who describes himself as a doctor of relaxation, uh, was sitting in a bar. Did he go to relaxation med school? I assume. I mean, I assume he went to one of the IBs. AKA a brothel. Yeah. Well, interesting you mentioned brothels, seeing into the future. Hmm. not your own future, Mark. But <laughs> no, I don't think so. But and actually, you were seeing into the future of the past because that's when his story takes place. Holy shit! We're getting real memento here, guys. Um, so he was sitting in a bar. A girl was next to him, and she was like obsessively petting this cat, Puffy, and staring into its eyes and gazing into its eyes with love. And he said. There's a quote, well, sir, that girl was simply out on her feet, and it wasn't from drinking either. I'm something of a hypnotist myself, and I quickly realized that she was in a real hypnotic trance, brought on by Puffy staring into her eyes. And from that moment, he became the doctor of relaxation with his magical pal, Puffy. Whoa, Um, wait a minute. So, did... Wait, did did he have Puffy or was Puffy just in the bar? It, no, Puffy was his. It didn't just appear out of the woods. You said he was in a bar one night and there was a girl next to him <laughs> and then she was staring at a cat. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's, like, there's a guy, a girl, and a cat walk into a bar? Yes. And it's obviously a real story that definitely happened. But what he decided was people will believe anything hypnotizing cats it's a cute cat anyone who comes out too strongly against the cat is going to be looked at as more of a dick so so we went around to military hospitals and puffy would um hypnotize they'd perform which i guess was puffy just being there so kind of as a precursor to therapy animals which is completely a a legit thing for real I'm very into that idea. I think that everyone should have a pet. Everyone should learn to love other living things. It's really important. I don't think therapy Um, animals are the same thing as being hypnotized by an animal when you're stuck in a hospital bed. Yeah, especially a military hospital. But, you know, I'm saying what I think... I'm saying what I think the real benefit and why Puffy became so wildly popular. He apparently hypnotized between two and 300 people in his first year um, of, act- of being a hypnotizer. <laughs> hypnotize him to do what? I guess, you know, turn him turn him into something. You so know, wait a minute. Now you're Frank Sinatra, and then he starts singing. I'm a- I mean, what was, was there any documented <laughs> details about what this hypnosis was like? Or was it just like, look into Puffy's no. eyes 
for five it minutes, was a, and then when I snap well, my finger, you'll feel happy. Yeah, it was that basically. Now, <laughs> some of this article just does not sound like it could possibly be real. Um, but I'm going to read. This is from the Associated Press from um, April of 1945. Uh, Newman, who had bought Puffy in a pet shop for purposes of demonstrating that people should relax like cats, immediately started training him to stare even more fixedly, with such success that Puffy now can stare Newman down any time. Thousands of servicemen in hospitals and canteens have seen Puffy perform. He stares into a subject's eyes while Newman slowly counts out loud. In less than 10 seconds, the subject closes his eyes, goes rigid or relaxed, and has to be awakened by Newman. Skeptics to the contrary. Newman insists it's Puffy and not himself that does the hypnotizing. That is what the skeptics were concerned about. Like, I totally believe the hypnotizing, but I think it's the guy and not the cat. I'm the So, you know. I Those like how they said goes cut. rigid or relax. I'm guessing goes rigid means that some people would just die. And he said, infuriated by those skeptics who said that he was hypnotizing them. He said, if that cat could only talk, I'd quit working and just manage Puffy. Why he did. did he talk like that? Uh, because by that time he had put on a sort of character. And I'm sort of editorializing history here, but I think by that time he would have like made himself into sort of a salesman-y character, which seems like, you know. If there was he... a movie made about his life, which actor would you have play him? Not Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Not good. All Matthew right, Perry. we got to. We should start by eliminating every actor who can't play him, and this will be really probably efficient. Sean Connery. <laughs> okay, Sean Connery. <laughs> Back to the cat. Back to Puff. Puffville. Puffy. Um, so the American Feline Society, which exists uh, for his work um, selling these bo- um, war bonds, uh, dubbed him the king of all cats, professional and otherwise. I'm the king uh, of the and, cats. And they cited him for he, devoting his phenomenal psychic powers to the war bond sales Um. And we truly believe you to be the greatest living feline with powers never before possessed by a cat or, so far as we can learn, by any living creature other than a human being. Um, so, I mean, first of all, I just love how universally everyone, everyone surrounded in this story is accepting hypnotism in general being like a normal thing. Yeah. And then the greatest living feline. Okay, well, what cat... It came earlier, you know, the Sphinx. That's not really even a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Saber-toothed tigers? I mean, yeah, were they the coolest thing? Did I have that little plastic model with the saber-toothed tiger with the teeth thing? Yeah, of course I did. What happened to those plastic toys? Do kids still play with, the, <laughs> with those plastic Was there toys? a race of felines before that preceded Puffy who could control humans' minds and make them do their will? Maybe. There wasn't enough data funny, at the time. Funny you bring that up. Proceed. Puffy. <laughs> Puffy on October 28th, so right around Halloween, was the only cat of 13 animals who received medals at the Animal 
at the annual Animal Hero Day held by the New York Anti-Vivisection Society, which I feel like anyone who's pro-vivisection needs to, you know, get on a raft <laughs> um, and be vivisected themselves by aliens. Um, Whoa. The dog's medals were for protecting both children and grown-ups from bandits and fires <laughs> and for extreme faithfulness. Um, and puppies... <laughs> And this is what I love, and I feel like we need more news like this today. And this less is, other so news. this is Puffy's like father. Pu- well, this is the, the antecedent Puffy, so Puffy the elder, let's call him. But we don't know if they weren't related. related for sure. Research has, is inconclusive. <laughs> Your um, research, at least. But this earlier Puffy was given the medal. And this also shows a little anti-cat bias because it gave the award to the dogs for real things like protecting from bandits and fires. And clearly Puffy's was like a gesture. But yeah. I think... Yeah. It was I tokenism. that it's the best one. So listen, so... Because when has Puffy's a cat was... ever saved humans from a fire? Never. The cat would be... Actually... Through the course of research, sometimes one discovers <laughs> examples of useful things to use in conversations occurring right now. Uh, found articles of cats uh, both with fire and with gas. Actually, the most common one was when silent gases would creep into a room. And anyone who owns cats will appreciate this. The cat comes up to them in the middle of the night and bit them like on the nose or the cheek and awoke and you know woke them up. Um, from the cats I've had, that could be pretty much any night in any situation. So it it could just be coincidence it's that you totally happen useless. to be woken up by a bite for the millionth time when there was actually a fire to the right of you. You could be like, "Oh, you saved my life! You're a hero cat." Mm. Um, that is Puffy, and his owner Arthur Newman, and. I love both of them. I love the idea of a relaxation doctor. And in some ways, he really was ahead of his time. Thanks for listening to the Forgotten Heroes of Pets. We hope you had fun listening. We certainly had fun making it. Uh... We have a Minnesota coming next week, courtesy of Mr. D. And then we'll be resuming Season 2 the following week. Follow us on Instagram, Forgotten Heroes Podcast, ForgottenHeroesPodcast.com, or subscribe wherever you listen to those things called podcasts. Stay forgotten, everybody. Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> well, he'll do anything at this point. Yes, it's true. It's best that we don't have to see his face. <laughs>